0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into it today, a quick reminder to follow me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. Subscribe to my YouTube channel that you can find by searching my name, Felix Levine, there on YouTube, my website, Felix-Levine.com, as always. And if you're listening to this right now, please do me a quick favor and hit five stars on Apple's podcast app, rate and review it. Um, That goes a long way, so I appreciate you doing so. And my guest today, he is the co-founder and CEO of of the zone, please welcome Ivan Chachu. live Ivan thank you for uh, coming on the show today I'm very happy to to be next to you and to and to have you on my show I appreciate you man thanks for reaching out thanks for having me here so I told you a couple minutes ago now is there a little tidbit little something that the world doesn't know about you <laughs> from what's out there
1: yeah I mean people know the first part of the story but the second part they don't really know sorry I, being I came out when I was seven and from Cameroon. I, yeah, from Cameroon, had no idea how to speak English, so my parents put me in English speaking school. <laughs> so every day for the first two weeks, I'm like, I have just think about it. I have no idea what anybody's talking about. Right? They're giving us homework, <laughs> so I'm crying every day, and I'm going home. My parents are like, you'll figure it out, and I'm like, no, I, I will not. Like, but. The first day we had gym class, she rolled out, like, basketball. And I'm kicking it because it's the main sport over there, soccer, football. And the kids are like, no, dribble. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, no. I never never really seen the basketball, right? So they teaching me, and that's how I started picking up the English language. But fast forward into the real story that nobody probably really knows is I never fit in into the, the American society or culture for a long time, right? And I got to, like, sixth, seventh grade, and, you know, I was always this the weird kid. And I'm like, the only way you fit in is if you actually play basketball. So me getting good at basketball had nothing to do with me caring about basketball, had everything to do with me trying to fit into this culture and the society. And I literally start from fifth grade to like ninth grade. You know, I just train, 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 train. I was on the teams, but I was never good. And I started getting better. And then that's when, you know, I started making friends and I started fitting in. I started understanding neighborhoods. Like, what is that, like, like, what is that whole confinement is like, you know, hanging out with friends? so I use sports as a vessel to, to, to be cool. It just happens that I ended up
0: being pretty good at it. Do you remember when you first came here at seven years old from Cameroon? Um, you know, what was going through your, through your head? Did you know, you know, what life could be like in the States? Did you... Were you nervous? I mean, were you excited? I was nervous. I mean, at seven people think, I remember actually,
1: it was, it was like a a surreal feeling. You just, everything in Africa, in Cameroon, specifically in Yaoundé, where I'm from, totally different than New York. And in New York, so big, I remember the first time it snowed. I cried for like (laughs) the first three days, nonstop. I wouldn't go outside. I didn't, we don't see- Cried out of fear? Yeah, i never seen snows. I was just falling from the sky. Like, all we seen was the sun. That's it. The sun in, sun out. You start seeing different weathers. I'm starting to wear a jacket. I've never wore a jacket before in my life. Like, what is this? You know, but you get accustomed to it. You learn it. And then the foods. You got it. Yeah. Everything from back home is like original condiments and everything. You come here, you walk down the street, you got a McDonald's. I remember the first time I had this, I was like, ew. What is this? Yeah, I hated it. I hated everything, you know, but... You get accustomed to it, right? And, and I, luckily, I came in at one seven. When you come in like at 14, 15, it's kind of hard because you got your whole way of living set up, right? Like the culture. But at seven, you could kind of get established and reset. My parents did a good job of keeping it keeping it balanced at home for us. Yeah. And how many how many siblings? Do you have? Um, I have two younger brothers. And you guys, so you guys all came together. Yeah. No. Well, the youngest one wasn't born yet. Okay. Um the the middle one was one. I was seven. Okay,
0: so you're the oldest. Yeah, on I'm the oldest. Yeah. Wow, you're the, you the protective big brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they are the knuckleheads. They are actually on their way right now to Phoenix. <laughs> and I text them. I'm like, "Listen, make sure you take care of each other." For The fights? I don't know what they're going. Oh, one of my youngest brothers' um good friend uh, plays plays in the league, so he he's, he invited them out there and They' about to be doing bs
0: god knows what (laughs) my mom texted me like i'm so scared i'm like they'll be all right so at what point did you feel or what at what point were you first fluent in english no i learned that year how oh it just took a year i learned that year wow i learned that year really quick quick
1: learner yeah yeah wow just you're around it all the time right and then my parents made it a point to try to speak english in the house how long did it take you to feel like new york is home if ever man That's a question that I probably never had an answer. I don't... I consider it where I'm at. I don't think it's like, cause it's still a societal gap. Mm-hmm. You know, I st- like my parents are very culture driven in the crib. So you go outside, like for instance, I had friends that used to get Xboxes and Playstations when they get 76 average in high school. I get 87, I used to be scared to go home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for me it's 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 tough but in the sense of i'm comfortable here though yeah yeah
0: now so then you play basketball that and that's like one of the ways in which you kind of first learn english Mm -hmm. um but also kind of just get integrated into friends and all that i imagine right um and then your athletic career goes in a in a in a great direction um we kind of tell the masses uh, you know, a little bit about your, your life in pro sports before, obviously, it transitions into the zone, and we'll get into that after. Right.
1: I mean, I stopped at college, but um, I didn't get good at basketball. It was interesting story. I didn't get good at basketball until, I said, like, the 10th or 11th grade. 10th grade, coming back to school is, you know, I got I actually didn't make the team my freshman year in high school.
0: When and you go to high school?
1: Oh, Hollows High School. Okay. It, most dominant freshman team <laughs> that you like we they lost one game and i was cool with all the kids and it was a lesson because the freshman coach was one of my best friends dad mm. and we had trained together but he was like that he tells me now you know he needed to push me mentally there's like a big backstory but long story story i went home that summer and i put in the work and i came back next year and i was like that's one of the first years that i was like all right you know i'm here you know and preseason had a really good preseason the season was pretty decent you know played JV we did alright we lost like in the in quarters or whatnot. not um, then going into the next year that summer was great <sighs> you know I played with Raising Champions I did a little stint with um, New Heights and then New Jersey Shore Shots so I bounced around the teams in teams in a couple of tournaments and it was a really good summer I went to a lot of top camps um, played well came back my junior year I got hurt so that I, that was my first like dislocation. I dislocated my patella, missed my whole junior season. So, <laughs> all right, I get I healed that whole year. while well, I have to watch from the sidelines and then coming back from my my junior summer, I got it. I had a really good summer. I got invited to like academic elite camps to so, like Columbia, um, Bucknell was recruiting me, in New Hampshire, and my high school coach. You know, we've had conversations since then. He didn't understand because there was a lot of guys that he was trying to help in our school currently that weren't getting schools. But, you know, I was I had a really good summer. And I always knew that when I stepped outside of New York, I played lights out. But when I got back to New York, it was always like, I don't know what it was. I could never find comfort in my play. And it was a confidence issue that I was battling. Um, that And that began the whole mental health aspect for me, right? And I knew. So my senior year, the season starts. And <laughs> the first... Third practice, coaches on the sideline and whatnot. I don't know what I got. I think I got yelled at for something that I didn't believe in. Me and my co- coach was already beefing. I walked out of practice, like threw my jersey in the middle of the court, walked out. I had to meet with my principal the next day, and he was like, Are you kidding? Like, you know, there's college coaches on the side, blah, blah, blah. And for me, I thought it was over because he easily could call those schools and say, Hey, he's a nutcase, blah, blah, blah. And he did. Um and rightfully so, didn't all the D ones gone? Uh, didn't play that whole year. Never went back on the team. And I thought it was over, but my AU coach kind of sent me to a couple mid year like some camps and stuff. And I had no idea where I was going to college. because I thought I was going to go for basketball, right? And Division two start calling, and I ended up was like, you know, I want to stay home, and I ended up at Concordia College, got a scholarship there, and played. My career there started injury. Richard my first year, got injured. <laughs> again, the, the beginning of um the f- real freshman year, sophomore year. Was okay. Was working my body back into it. Um Junior year, coming into it, I got named co-captain, and it was set to be, like, my first breakout season in a long time. You hear all these injuries in and out. Did put the work in. I had a dominant summer once again. Um, come back, dominated preseason. First preseason game, got injured season Nova. and that's when I was like it took a toll on me because you know I'm a twenty twenty-something year old kid it's like I can never outlive my potential on the court I never had besides one year in high school I never had that year right and I didn't understand what it was teaching me I had no idea what I was going through um I started pre-med and I dropped out when I got here I dropped out of pre-med and just went into biology stopped really stopped going to classes um, my parents are African, so they only care about grades. Luckily, they didn't even know what I was, me- I was messing up, so I couldn't call them. They didn't get really along with my coaching staff, and the school's a small school, so they didn't. Ha- I didn't know where to go. Mm. Just stood in my room, you know, binge drinking, binge watching shows, didn't literally nothing. Go to practice, looking like shit, and my my. I had a conversation with the uh, um, AD, and then you know. And the trainer, and it was like, you know, we got a sports psychologist that staffed, you should go talk to him. And I went, because I was, like, finally looking, looking for, I was actually looking for a way to outlet it. I didn't know what I was going through. So I go in there, and it's in a pizza store, um, Villagio's, I remember what the pizza stopped. You got to go upstairs from it. So I walk upstairs, and I look at the, I look at the guy, like, face-to-face a face the therapist, and I walk right back down. I'm like, okay. I'm not walking in. What am I going to tell him? Right? So... After uh, the second time, I I had a set I set the appointment. I walk in and I go talk to him, and he kind of like the first thing he made me do was like find a spot in the in the sky and just stare at it for like five minutes. And I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is this? Yo, this I've never been trained." And I was fidgety, and he was like, "You see, you know, you can't sit with your own emotions, your own thoughts. You know, your own self scares you." And we went through, like, two, three months of, like, steady conversations. And, you know, it got me through it. You know, it helped me learn that, you know, I was struggling with self-identity crisis. I was struggling with, you know, little grade depression. But I had put everything who I was as a human into, you know, my playing basketball. If I couldn't do that, it was over. You know, I didn't know how to face people, face life. So once I learned that, it started to trigger, like, yo, how many people actually go through this? And don't have no idea. And I'm like, damn, I have friends that, you know, see murders every day. And then they using basketball's an outlet. And I start talking to them. And they're like, yo, it's the same. So it's a whole different correlation. So, you know, that's how really the zone really spurred up. But I know you're gonna have your questions. That's that's the that's the the non-glorious basketball um career in a nutshell. Could have been better.
0: So there's obviously a lot of that that, that we'll talk about, but as for what the zone is for people out there, so they're not confused um, who aren't familiar with it, will you just kind of briefly describe it so that they can get acquainted?
1: Right. So the zone is a tele wellness um, startup, literally a mobile app that we help kids get more accessible help to mental health. Right. So we look at it as mental health increases performance and makes you feel your best. Right. So and it's different for everybody, and we also understand that schools are in a position where they can't hire every for every kid hire every staff member or therapist right so how do we position for a kid that's not ready to talk for a kid that you know don't, can't afford um, mental health care how do we make sure that they they have a mobile app in their pockets for whatever they're struggling with right and that's the way we kind of look at it right so we also on the other hand the staff are now able to see the data in aggregate and anonymized so we give the kid the privacy that they need but we also help them by helping their staff member understand what they need so we started with student-athletes. That's, you know, it's been very home to me. Um, but there's a lot of other things that's in the works, right? When you think about everybody, you know, the mental health has no off-season. Right?
0: So say you're a kid um, who's in 10th or 11th grade. Mm-hmm. You download the zone. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Well, we actually
1: B2B, right? So we, in the early stages of thinking about this is, you got Headspace, you have Calm, kids could go download this, but the younger generation isn't going to download these things because there's so many things competing. You have social media. When you, you say have the it. younger
0: generation, who exactly?
1: So Gen Z. Okay. Gen Z isn't downloading a lot of these apps from the number standpoint, right? So we said, where's the best place that we could start that's not crowded and get a lot of data? And we looked at higher education because they have the money, but then they also responsible for their kids, right? So what happens is we partner with the school like you know we're finalizing a partnership let's just get let me give you a school stony brook partner with stony brook that was our first school and they licensed the app to give to their student athletes right and their student athletes go through an onboarding of the app learning who they are so what are the different things you go through um why do you go through these things what do you think and it's quickly accessible right so it goes to an onboarding flow now after the onboarding flow it kind of creates a story in a personalized field versus the content we have in there because we have partnerships with you know mind, mindfulness companies meditation companies we also have a wellness committee that's filled with psychologists um, neuroscientists and everybody that can help build a flow and evidence-based program that can help these kids right so everything there is thought out but the person now in the morning they go through check-ins how do you feel today and if they say they're feeling angry or whatever things are pushed up to why you feel angry is it academics is it school um is it physical you know so it, and now it's building a story and it's giving them that emotional intelligence
0: now so say so an example like the stony brook example say the actually I have a friend on the on the stony brook soccer team so shout out to cameron um so say he he's on the app right right he gets up in the morning he hit the opens up the app and what like how what is the process of checking in? Like what is that is that a is it just like I, I click like on a scale of one to ten? Is it I'm writing, like what is it
1: right. So we know that um the uh, Gen Z is very familiar with um emojis, right? Okay. And tying emojis to feelings, so and, and, and communication. So we utilize that literally the simplest way where we got into their their pipeline. So now they that's the first thing they see is like, How you doing today, right? And they set that tone. It's like mm. Embarrassed, or whatever the case may be, they, they click a move. Now, based off of that, it just prompts them why. What's what's the reason? You have to write? No. It's okay. clicks, personal, just clicks. school, or uh, physical. Let's say you know, personal, right? Now it's like, okay, this person's feeling like this because of personal reasons. Well, these are the things that can help you. These are the things that your other cohort are utilizing to help them. So now we're pushing the content. Or is this something that you want to talk to somebody about, right? Because beforehand, they had to. Go online, schedule appointments with ther- a therapist, and now that person, a right. hundred people are scheduling. But now we're creating a chat bot in between that, so now they can have like a conversation with somebody, and that can get them
0: through it before they go sp- talk to this. So, so, just to 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 understand fully, so after they answer like a few different things here and there, this is how I feel when you say the content. Um, or like the list, uh, like the resources. The list of resources. What are those kinds of resources?
1: Right, meditation. It could be okay. meditation. It could be educational, right? Um, uh, It could be breathing exercises. Okay. It could be based off whatever you click. There's tags for specific things, right? Financial could be um, your right. reason, and we're finalizing a partnership with a big company to be our financial wellness partner, right? right? So wellness is not tied to just oh, have anxiety, right? It's many different factors, especially when you talk about a kid in college that's causing them to be stressed out. So for every kid that's going through anything, we have specific content in there to help them get through whatever they're going through.
0: Okay. And how do you, or how have you noticed at least thus far, actually even before that, how many schools uh, have used this so far? Right. Right. You guys are in partnerships.
1: Right. So we started literally, um, we picked, I'm a backtrack because okay. I think it leads better into the story. So at 24, I started an events company around. And you're 29 now. I'm 29. Yes. 24. I started an events company around um self fight, student athletes, younger student athletes. When you talk about younger, 10 to about 17, struggling with identity um, crisis and trying to help them by. But it was themed around basketball camps, and I grew that business to about. Well, we grew that business about 50 to 75, 50 to 75K um, a year for the first two years, right? Okay. And I got into Columbia, after getting into Columbia, one of my professors helped me see the bigger picture and, and the idea that I had, and we scaled it out. So September 23rd, 2019 is when, you know, me and my partner Eric was on the rooftop and we started to ideate. And from then on, um, this past December, we launched the first pilot with Sony Brook. Um, Since then we've been piloting with Stony Brook, Lehigh, Memphis University, um, NJIT, uh, FAMU, um, there's a plethora of schools and then also now the pilot kind of we wanted to test data so the pilot we gave it out for free to really learn what was right what wasn't right. You know, was our thought process right? Was our thesis right? Now, thesis came out right, right? And we knew that if this came out right, this is the product we was going to design. So now we're striking these long, longer-term deals with the school and more schools that I told you um, that we're finalizing all these three-year deals to go into the future. But the new product won't be launched until the September okay. because now we're building out based off that thesis and the testing process that we was correct. And we was correct, basically, on the fact that based off of what they go through, kids don't want to have to search like, young, young men and women don't want to have to search on, like, oh, I have to go here and find this out. They want things quicker, right? Mm-hmm. The average engagement, when you talk about mental wellness apps, is 27 minutes a week, right? So that's about, give or take, three to four uh, minutes uh, a day. You're not going to get them for an hour. So you have to look at the weekly user rate. So when we looked at our numbers, we're like, oh, after 30 days, the retention 7.9 percent industry was getting anywhere from nine to 25 on week to, month to month. So I said, okay, this works, and these are the things that work within it. So now let's harp on the bigger picture, and then let's grow this right. Because what we found out is kids don't understand why they need to meditate. Like people give them all these meditation, all these stuff, but if they don't know like why, why, how they're feeling, and why they feeling this way. How you gonna get a kid that's from the Bronx, Mm -hmm. a tough neighborhood to understand? I'm a med team. nobody's ever told him that. Nobody in his family ever done it, right? But now if you can give him something that's secure for him in his pocket and he understands like, oh, damn, look at the trends. These are the reasons why this week I was feeling like this and oh, it led to my play being like this or it led to me outbursting like this. Well, we're trying to get you proactive versus just being reactive all the time. And that's why it's a big day to play um, on that end too.
0: So say So here's a good example. Say you are that kid um, that maybe is 16, struggling uh, maybe with their basketball player. Something is bringing them down, right? You you brought you you told us exactly the kind of the process that they're going to go through when they open up the app. In that case, how quickly from when they tell you, you know, with the different emojis or whatever it is uh, that they're feeling X, Y, and Z, what is like an example of uh, of like a, a meditation of the meditation content, or maybe of another one of those resources that they're going to be prompted. Is it going to be like an article? Is it going to be um, I don't know, a podcast? Is it going to like what What are some of the best solutions that you found um, that th- uh, that the Zone app is going to to recommend for someone who's out there right now who's like, okay, maybe one day I want I want to download this app and, and use this as my primary tool um, to overcome you know right, my right. low.
1: And everybody's different right some people want audio some people want um video right and some people want infographics right and when we say infographic is what is anxiety right let's say after three days they've been prompted and said that they feel like this now we know okay this is a flag red flag right because our therapist and our wellness committee told us that they're heading down a spiral which can lead to overwhelm or burnout or suicide thoughts so now we get in front of that and we're like hey this is what being like this feels three days, and it's it's literally infographic after infographic, and now they'll go through and they'll be educated on what may happen, right? Gotcha. And they give them coping mechanisms, and it's like, okay, think about this. If you're not ready to meditate, these are different things you could do in your own time, right? And now they're getting educated. So we look at it a three step process. When you think about content, it's not just audio, it's not just video, it's not just infographics, not just articles. it's it it, it spams, right? But awareness. Education application. That's our process within the platform. How do we make you more aware of what you're actually going through? Now, how do we educate you on what it is you're going through? Now, when you're educated, which these things can take a long time. How do we make sure that you're applying these things to help you over time? And we have those steps within the app, and we're gonna guide you.
0: How does how do you keep someone, especially if it's not like maybe for the most part like one-on-one, direct like. A therapy session where you know the benefits, and, I, and I'm I, I love therapy, um, but one of the definitely one of the benefits of therapy is whether it's in person or unfortunately during COVID over Zoom, um, you know, you, you can't like go on your phone, you can't like dilly dally, you can't they, they hold you accountable when you're on an app, you know, there's no one there to say, you know, you could be watching TV on the app at the same time, mm-hmm. and maybe over time, especially knowing my generation they just kind of get bored of things, they're lazy, they don't want to do it, you know, maybe they do it one once or twice a week instead of five or six or seven times a week. How do you guys keep the, you know, that retention rate that you're talking about, and not just the retention rate, but also like the consistency of having someone not check in once or twice a month, but every single day, hopefully. Right, right. We Well, something that we're very much thinking about and,
1: and doing it very... Smart because a lot of people have articles about why these apps don't work, and we paid attention to that, right? And when you think about AI, how do we make it not intrusive, but how do we make it fit into the lifestyle of of, of the person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? When would you like to meditate? If hey, we call our, our bot a zone trainer, the zone trainer, you know, your zone trainer, your own wellness coach, right? When would you like to do it, right? Oh, we're well, looking at trends. So we're like in content communications where you said that you want to um, commit to this habit over this month, but you only did it two times. Well, right. this is going to lead to this. right? So now we're kind of not being invasive, but we're letting you guide that kind of story. So we know that that's going to cr- drive more interactive. Now, another thing I would think about is community. How do we make wellness something that you can have an accountability person mm-hmm. with you right a friend a teammate and hey mm-hmm. i just did my um, wellness goal of the day and you can ping them and be like hey make sure you get yours done and now it draw some type of accountability push right so those are the two fronts that we're really thinking about to drive that but that's a tricky portion of mm-hmm.
0: it. kind of going on that that idea um which actually sounds like a, a great idea in terms of like oh like i uh I just did my accountability goal of the day, right? And then you send it to your friend. There's still, you know, obviously everyone wants to talk about the stigma of mental health, and we can talk about that after. But there's also, I think, another stigma of, like, after you're past the initial stigma of mental health, of, like, there's probably a stigma, or I, I, I'm thinking about it more in my perspective, um, is I don't know if we're at a point yet in history where even if you and I can talk about Um, maybe not you, but like me and a friend can talk about how important mental health is. I don't think enough people are are yet at the point where they'd be willing to, you know, send to their friend like, hey, did you do your mental health accountability goal? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How do you think as a, maybe as a society, and also you as someone who's kind of trying to target some of those people to make it more normal to check in on your friend and say, hey, like I just did my accountability goal today. Like have you done yours right? I think I, th- I
1: think and that's why Talking to the team about the, uh, everything that we we talk about before it goes in app is everything has to be out of app Right, and and mm-hmm. how do we how are we educating our consumer? How are we educating our schools on what it is because everybody has this notion of expecting like it's More people in the population have no idea how important it is versus not until it hits them. or it hits right. a friend right so I think when we're still reactive, we will still be reactive for the next two to five years, I believe, right? But that doesn't mean that solutions don't need to be in the forefront because you don't know when it hits, who it hits, and why it hits. Conversations, right? Things like Brandon Marshall was doing um, Mm -hmm. with I Am Athlete, things, um, Dak Prescott, um, Naomi recently, Mm -hmm. right? It gets real because it's not fake. It's not like the older generation loves to say, and this this is one of the biggest problems. I have these conversations daily. The old generation, when I talk about old generation, boomers, my parents and whatnot, get through it because that's they just got through it and figured out it wasn't real for them, right? But they didn't live in today's time where things are way much faster Information are sourcing through. There's so much things trying to keep up. The, the Gen Z's way different than the boomers. So for you now to push the kids that you basically raised and say, "Hey, get through it, deal with it, or it's not real, or you're soft, or you're punk." Or you're just complaining. I had somebody say, hey, Naomi Naomi was complaining. I was like, all right, has Naomi ever caused a problem? No. Is Naomi the, probably the best player, you know, let's, say, let's put Serena aside. She's a legend. The best up-and-coming player. Yes, she's going to be the face of UTA tennis, right? Yep. Do you think that she would want to say, hey, in 2018, if anybody watched the interview, she basically said, hey, I'm going through X and X and X. Yeah. And she still did the interview, but then she responded, right? So I and I don't I'm not even berating the older generation. I'm not. I had these conversations and I let them think about it. So I'm like, okay, so her saying all of this and then her saying, do she, does she deserve special privileges? No. But what went wrong was you the tennis organization should have just reached out to their best player, because Adam Silver would have reached out to LeBron if LeBron yeah. would have said something, right? Yeah. What's going on? How can we accommodate this and make it work? No, they didn't. They put out a statement and guess what? She backed out because she's actually going through something. She yeah. backed out of the next tournament, yeah. you know, so
0: now who wins? Yeah, and just for people out there listening that aren't familiar with that Naomi Osaka situation, it was basically that she was, as I was saying, going through, you know, whatever she was going through mentally, um, and then didn't want to do press at the French Open, and then uh, got fined for it, and then just said altogether, I'm just going to pull out of the... And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in US Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass fed and grass finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture raised heritage pork, wild caught seafood and pasture raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com, where the owners are the actual farmers themselves, and now they've introduced a subscription But I think also, well, it's also interesting about that situation. And unfortunately, because I think it's the world we live in. I imagine with whatever she's going through right now, she probably wants to just, you know, kind of and I mean, she's also unbelievably famous, but she'd also love to just kind of be out of the public eye. Mm -hmm. But I think unfortunately, because of that, she will now get more attention Mm -hmm. at the future events. which is unfortunate. I think
1: I think she's in an interesting spot. Yeah. She could impact sports for a long time because now you're gonna have to really take in consideration the mental health of these these upcoming athletes, you know, and and it's the f- first one, like LeBron did a partnership with Calm, you know, but mm-hmm. it was more about mental performance and people don't even know there's mental wellness, mental health, mental performance, all the same thing. Right, so I think that's what what she did for herself is powerful. It's very powerful, mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna create that confidence. It's gonna create that ability for, you know, because everybody had to say Serena went was going through tougher, and and she did interviews. True.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, do you want to continue doing the same thing over and over and over and over? No, we don't want Naomi to, you know, you want her to get better. We don't, you know, we know what people did this arena and how they would treat her in interviews, right? We don't want that to continuously happen. So, and I get the media has to do their job. I'm not berating them, but there's a way to do your job.
0: My other question for you, and this is more of like a devil, I'll play devil's advocate for a second, Yeah, is I 100% agree with you that, and you know, I see it in my parents, um, that uh, you know, a lot of them, when they were younger, there was no such thing as mental health. It was, you know, get through it. Right. I think that globally speaking, it is fantastic that there's this new movement about uh, bringing awareness to it, to mental health, how important it is, how important it is on every single level. Right. For our generation, I also I'll just speak like my particular generation. I think what's also interesting, I, I think it's going kind of two ways, right? Where we have uh, a a part of my generation that is very aware of of, we're starting to have the conversations more which is great and there's another like fraction and this is where I'm playing devil's advocate where it's almost and a lot of like comedians will joke about it um where some you know want to think that their depression or their anxiety or or whatever there is is their personality right or that uh and comedians say it best that like I think Mark Norman said it best actually where 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 some people want feel like they're getting points for having depression anxiety like as if there's more and more of that right from your perspective I'm kind of interested on what your take on that is if you feel like that's false if you feel like they're that, that people aren't kind of quote unquote going overboard with it um, and if there are any kind of uh, dangers of Maybe being sometimes too open about everything that's going on so that, you know, then it kind of because for, for what I think is what, what I think personally is the biggest danger is that being sad for a week doesn't mean you're dep- in my opinion doesn't mean you're depressed. Because if I was sad for a week and I knew someone who was legitimately clinically depressed, I feel like it would be disrespectful for me to say I'm depressed when that person is going through it. Ten times harder than me, and using the same exact word, right? Mm-hmm. Because and and differentiating. I think it's also very important to differentiate sadness and depression, mm-hmm. right? Two very different things. Um, so, I'm kind of curious to get your take on, you know, if you agree with that, if you think that's outlandish, if you think that, you know, if if there are different ways of differentiating this generation, if there are dangers of, uh, <coughs> you know, being too open about it. I'm kind of I want to hear your heads out on that.
1: I think you said a couple things, right? Are there going to be extremists and everything? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There always is, right? There's always cry for help, or push the status to 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 make it about me, right? Right. There is a difference between that person that's going that to that real clinical depression, and somebody that's sad. There's there's, there's escalation to that, mm-hmm. right? But I will say, I don't walk everybody's shoes, Mm -hmm. right? I don't walk in Philly's shoes. So you're sad. Somebody with clinical depression may be able to get through it better, but if you say, hey, I can't do that because they got deeper, then where, and you're struggling immensely, but you're trying to outwardly look at somebody else and say, I can't really complain, then you can struggle. Right, we can't do that. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. And that's that's we talk about our parents. That's the thing that they do. It's the mm-hmm. very thing. Because like you know that a I, I in world war. Boom. I'm like, yeah. Well, that's why you you probably beating your kids, or that's why you're letting it out somewhere. That's why you're doing that. So that's why you're doing instead of mm-hmm. you know finding that escape, right? And 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 that's why I would say you know two things could be true. Right. You know <laughs> you there couldn't be an extremist, but then you can't that moment as a parent you do that to your kid or or as a friend you do that to your close friend and guess what they're human too right and they're gonna be like all right cool and they're not gonna stop they stop sharing so the question you asked me before they stopped sharing now it's like stupid right whatever i'm going through is stupid and then we just get backwards because this is going to continue the cycle yes it gets to a point where it's too much like don't cry, you get getting bad grades and say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, understand what it is. And that's where the education comes in. That's why I talk, talk about awareness, education, and application. Because don't just say, we're not going to prescribe you away, but based on what you tell us, we're going to, we have the evidence back to say, hey, this is where you're headed. But before you get headed here, this is what you need to do. All right. And we drive up a program, but then we also allow you to create your habits your own habits. It could be running. It could be whatever that fits in with this, right? So it's not a one-way street. But yeah, to your question, this is <laughs> there's there's people that just want to self-identify yeah, with this Yeah, and I, th-
0: I, mean, I think that what you said is very well said. Um, you know, I guess the only fear is that those people would cloud the space for, if you will, but I don't think I don't think they will, you know what I mean? I think, because especially something like mental health is like there's 7 billion people on Earth or 8 billion people on Earth there's 8 billion people that are going to have mental health. You know, like, that's just...
1: It's no off-season. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Like, Kevin Love told you, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan literally said, I had no idea why I didn't like myself sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... There's a chemical thing that I had to do with it, right? And for just for people listening, I did get my master's in physiology. So I know a thing or two about this stuff before. And I, I took the MCATs. So I was going to go down the path of med school. But it's, it's a chemical aspect to it. There's definitely a, um, a person aspect to it, an environmental aspect to it, you know? Like, growing up in the Bronx and growing up in the city, you you see opportunity in the city, mm-hmm. right? You get a different level of confidence, it's vibrant. You grew up in the Bronx, it's like, it's, 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 it could be harder because mm-hmm. you see all these buildings look the same and it looks kind of like jail representation. So that motivation might not be what you think. Now, could you be going through something you have no idea? Yes, right. So, it's it's literally just that the environmental aspect of it. Hmm. But then, do you see mental health centers in, in the Bronx and stuff like that? You know, is it affordable? Is insurance stepping in on it? You know, there's a lot of things that we could do.
0: Right. So, I'm curious when you created the zone with your co- what's your co-founder's name? Um, Eric, Eric Podro. And so he's the he's the Beacon alum. yes okay yeah so that's a shout out to matt who set this up Mm -hmm. um who also went to beacon i went to beacon so eric went to beacon correct um and so how'd you guys kind of come together and eric was
1: a baseball player he was a captain like i was a captain uh, at concordia um he ended up being a hall of famer there um playing a, a stint of pro baseball his career ended with a pitch um to his eye you know it's it's we 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 had a conversation because we had a lot of similarities right a lot of things that we dealt with
0: and you know it just it bonded it bonded and so then what was like the you know the conversation of okay are we going to are we going to do this
1: so the conversation was it was for me it's simple you know i most people that know me i i push on my thought processes and ideas things come to me it just comes like i go on walks it just It comes. So when I was doing the camps, I told Eric one time, I was like, yo, come, you know, come to the camps. You know, there's something that I potentially in the future would like you to be a part of. And he just helped me out with the camps and it just grew and grew. And then when we pivoted, he was the one that I came to. I was like, yo, listen, I think this is the way we should go. And then we was on that. We was on his, his job's rooftop. And that's where the thing went. And the conversation went. And it was, with a co-founders founder a lot of tough conversations you gotta have right but we had those we faced it and we're like okay
0: this works what were some of those conversations of the ones you can
1: no it's about. it's fair i mean listen me and him talk about it all the time it's like you know who's gonna make the decisions who's gonna drive this what happens with these shares what happens when this happens and you don't like it right and it's both ways right and and it's being very hard set on where everybody stands on things and for the goal of the mission, mm. right? How are we helping student athletes' lives get better? That's where the decisions come from. It doesn't come from Ivan's wants or Eric's wants. It comes from that. So when we established that aspect, the conversations became easier, right? Because he doesn't look at me and like I'm berating him. He looks at it like, okay, I know where he's coming from and I know why, right? And a lot of people, you know, will tell you that I'm I'm tough and I'm hard, but it's just because I care about what we're trying to do. So if you don't care, it's like get out the way. You know what I mean? And I have respect, but I really, really care and it's just like it's a purpose thing for me because my degrees, I could have, I could even an investor asked me recently, hey, why don't you go get a big paying job? Like You got you know, you got your physiology degree at Columbia. You also did sports management. You took executive MBA courses. You could go work do whatever you want, and I'm like, yeah, but this is why I did it. So, mm.
0: now, when did you guys officially found the zone?
1: Well, before he came in, I founded it with a a group of other friends. Twenty seventeen. Okay. That's when the the first events ever happened. Twenty seventeen, and the the pivot happened. Twenty nineteen, September twenty
0: third, twenty nineteen. Wow. So it's almost. Coming up on two years. Coming up on two years. And so, how big is the team now?
1: It's myself, Eric, um, is leading product. Oh, man. It's just us three. We got a couple interns. We have board. So our board is like, you know, former founder of Priceline, uh, managing director of cybersecurity at uh, Barclays, former executive Nike. (laughs) um executive hired so and then we also got a wellness committee like I told you, you know, make sure everything that we put in the app is is you know evidence-based. So you know, initial the executive team is three, but then we also got a lot of you know, between investors and bo- advisory board members that that really help us day to day.
0: now from so what what does your day-to-day look like
1: <laughs> Wow, that's an interesting question. <laughs> it starts sometimes at five. You know, I like to try. And it's funny because I still have a part-time gig. I'm a director of human performance at Prime Performance in Larchmont, where most of my investors and wow. board members come from. So I did do all the rehab and the training programs for anybody that come in, you know, before surgery, you know, that want to help themselves get in the better shape of their lives. So we create all of that and get them going. So okay. that's one thing. And but now... As this goes on, you know, this is going to be when we decide to dig in the big round of funding It's going to be full time. But the day to day, sometimes I start there from five in the morning, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, five in the morning to about 12, 12. I go home and then from 12 to like four calls, four to about 11 straight work. It could be sales related work. It could be programming. It could be um, app development BD partnerships, um, private talking to our privacy and our legal team, making sure everything is set. Our le- lawyer making sure the cap table, investors, board members, Eric sync up about you know what schools that we're targeting and how's those conversations going to our current schools. So it just it it it's it's a full gamut. Like I don't have weekends, yeah. so but I I don't view it as work. Really? Yeah, I don't. It's like I said, it's a purpose. So. For me, it just landed in me and it's like, this is what I gotta live out.
0: Now from a business model standpoint, I guess the, the simple question is how do you guys make money?
1: Um, the schools. So we charge the schools.
0: It's the a li- sc- like a licensing. Yeah,
1: schools pay a lot li- annual licensing okay. fee um for their student athletes. So that's the first um kind of way we look at it. And then now as the uh, the features get in and in the app, we'll go we'll go from fixed um user rate pricing to value based pricing. Okay. and then as we grow we have a specific thing angle that we want to enter and we'll go direct to consumer so we're basically first couple of years testing these thesis out student athletes um some banks and figuring it out what works what doesn't work and then when we go direct to consumer we want to we want to really do it the right way
0: so right now like the average person out there listening can't access the app
1: no not currently
0: okay But one day, I imagine that's the goal?
1: Yeah, two two years. It could be pushed faster, but two to three years,
0: yes. Okay. And now we're just going to take another quick break because I am super excited to announce that I have once again partnered up with Eat Clean Bro. As many of you longtime listeners know, I've been a fan of and worked with Eat Clean Bro in the past, and they are, in my opinion, the best freshly prepped meal company out there today. If you are someone like myself who perhaps isn't the best cook or has long work days and no desire to put together a meal But wants to keep a healthy and balanced diet eat clean bro is absolutely the company for you They have delicious meals that are also incredibly healthy that include freshly prepped salmon and asparagus shrimp spinach chicken And a whole lot more I personally like to top off my meals with their chocolate and peanut butter protein balls that are my absolute favorite favorites. If you want to go to eatcleanbro.com today and use my promo code WTG, you'll receive 10% off of every single order. I'm not kidding when I say I really love this company and use them weekly myself. They help me maintain a steady diet and reduce the stresses and labor of putting together a good tasting, healthy meal. Go check out eatcleanbro.com today. Now let's get back into it. So if I tell you 20, what are we? June 2021, June 2023, where exactly do you hope the zone is at? June 2023?
1: Yeah. Two years. Um, I know that our five-year goal is five five million users, right? Five million. Five users. million users. So June, that year is when we'll start to work with not only the um, athletic program, but the entire school base, right? So okay. our goal is first two years, prove it out with the athletic programs and jump into you know, from 441 students to 20,000 students or 10,000 students. And we've already got approached with some of those with some schools. They don't want to start with athletics; They want to start with everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really our thing. But the why we're different is nobody's positioned themselves as the leader in athletics and in a niche market. Mm-hmm. You dominate that, it's an easier way to go in because you've proven within the school base. Everybody has trouble selling into higher education because it takes sometimes 12 months. We've seen anywhere from two to three months and it's getting lower, right? So we know where success rate, we know our bad bed, we know the business, we understand our business, we understand what we're trying to do, we, mm-hmm. tr- we understand where we want to go.
0: Now, how do you guys see, I'm sure this a conversation you have, um, not, and this kind of goes back to like the retention thing, but more, how do you like keep, especially in this day and age, everything is about kind of hype and buzz around things, mm-hmm. how do you guys keep, Uh, pushing and creating the app so that, you know, the person who's gonna be a a student athlete at Stony Brook now in five years still wants to use the zone every day. as you know, their main, even when they're not a student athlete anymore, as their main app to keep them in check mentally.
1: Mm. I'm trying to see if I'm not giving away a secret sauce. So we we when we partner with schools, we um there's a wellness committee that we create within their schools. So it's like f- a number of student athletes that monthly we have conversations with. Okay, what's new? What's going on in the daily lives? What do you guys need? What is causing the stresses? Screw that. app. What's actually in your lives that's impacting you? Right. We learn and we learn and we learn. We don't build the features they do. Gotcha. And that's what we've consistently done. That's why we know that when the kids go in there, the engagement is higher. Because we listen to them, and when we listen to them, we know that what they go through, we know their day-to-days, we know how it's changing, we know where they're going. And not only the seniors, the juniors, the freshmen, all of them, right? Then we talk to the staff, how is this impacting you? Well, how are you solving this? They said they're going through this, what are you doing? And now we compile those notes and we're like, mm, this is the reason. These are the outlets. So you create this, it makes this life better, it makes her life better, boom, connect, done. And then we test it out. Test it out. It did work. This is the KPIs. I said it worked. Launch it.
0: So, from your interactions with whether it be investors or schools or whatever it is, uh, I mean, from what you're saying, it seems like—and correct me if I'm wrong—that all these big—I don't want to call them—all these big groups uh, are very interested in this idea. Like they're bu- they're buying into your idea. Yeah. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've had
1: AD tell us, is it a conflict of interest if I want to invest, right? You wow. know, you guys are going to change the landscape. Think about it. We didn't have a product. The commissioner of the America East, who just actually left a couple of days ago, Amy Hutchhausen, believed in us and said, yeah, I want to partner with you guys and give this opportunity to our member school. That was our first partner wow. on an idea. Wow. In September of 2020, when we were still trying to figure out the wireframes. We knew where we wanted to go, but we were figuring out the wireframes. So, they, yes, the space is crowded, but how we're attacking it, right. it's very, very... If you see, right. you know, sometime I'll take you through our um, roadmap and what the technology does. It's very, very nitpicky and very simple and accessible, and we understand because the thing that me, myself, Eric did... We didn't initially go out with therapists to build it out. We used our experience. and was like, all right, us being athletes, what what would we have wanted? What would have annoyed us? What would we not use? Right. And then we brought them on to now refine it and make it like, yeah, this works. This doesn't work. And then we pushed it like, is this legally doesn't work? Why this doesn't work? And it made sense. So, yeah.
0: What do you do on the days where you get down about work or if those days come?
1: No. Never? What? It always comes. I live. I think when you when you're when you're operating something and you want to succeed, you 99 of those days are like
0: that. So how do you how do you personally overcome them?
1: Um, Beethoven, um, Miles Davis, Coltrane, um, Sade. Literally, I'll sit down on my chaise, close the lights. I'll play a symphony or I'll play. Jazz, jazz music gets like, that's my favorite music, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll just sit there. And I'll be exactly where I'm at. And I'll just be there. And and I'll start to listen. You know, recently my mom decided to come over to uh, my house and plant a garden. And I thought it was the dumbest thing. Now I'm over here watering it. <laughs> and that's helping me, right? Yeah. So it's it's things that I would have never thought. Working out, obviously. You know, going to get a workout. But that works to a point because now you start to like compensate and, and try to like take it all out in the workout, you know, where you you're not you're just trying to take it out. So yeah, the the music, the softness of the music, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, like, <laughs> Billie Holiday, like I go down a list of what gets me through it, but those jazz music for sure.
0: If I told the seven year old Ivan, coming from Cameroon, that one day he'd have a company. With her, that would deal with mental health, what would he have told me?
1: Keep going. I I have this saying where I don't owe everybody. Every human in Cameroon, anything, but I owe the country everything. You know, I, I, if you see the kids from back home, if they gave me the opportunity to come here and do something, I gotta, I gotta make sure that you know, they see something that they can go further in, right? So, everything, you know, all my dreams and things that I want to get accomplished, there's a lot of that in my mind. So, I knew it. You know, my dad's uh, ambassador. And, you know, he's reached the epitome of his dreams and he's always, the reason why he always pushed me was because he's seen it. You know, he's seen it and I've seen it too and I kind of know it. It's just sometimes stressful, right? Because I always outgrown situations so fast. I always knew where I needed to be. and I always was trying to do a lot. So Mm -hmm. a lot of this doesn't come as a surprise because I put in the work. So it's just like that seven-year-old probably say keep going because it was always embedded. You know, kind of, per se, and it, I don't. I don't think it's arrogance. I just think that it's it's a it's a lot of confidence, and it's something that keeps me going and keeps me pushing for sure.
0: Now you told us the five year plan. What's the ten year plan? Have you thought of that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it, I do
1: plan on the exit strategy. Is is is, and I have two companies that we're actually in conversation with if we exit, and there's a rightful reason why I wanna go down that route, um, in a sense of they sit in a place where this can really change the landscape for parents, um, education, and the students, mm-hmm. right? Don't wanna name the companies, but the next thing after that for me is, um three things that I really care about. Um, in-home design, so like not in-home, community design, mm-hmm. because like I told you about the Bronx mm-hmm. looking totally different, I always walk around and I'm like, man, you know, there's so many kids are struggling from that because they can't see, so you can't really think big, you know, and you don't have the foresight, you're not allowed that. So get into that. Um, angel invest. I wanna put in, uh, like when I get there, a million dollars a year to invest into black entrepreneurs, just mm-hmm. angel and and, and and within ideas that I think could push the for, for world forward, social impact ideas um so those two things and the third thing is sommelier so i i, I love wine and i love <laughs> wine because i love to host people so i think that those fruits and a lot of things the chemicals things i got to go along with it you know it drives a great experience and then coach kids be a coach so those are the four things for me when you think about 10 years you know i want to have the ability to kind of set myself. in and it's interesting because i could do all four i, yeah. I could literally do all four at the same time, you know. So but the zone right here for me is something that it's a it's it's something I care deeply about and and to for me to pass it off after five to six years has to be somebody that, a company that really cares about the same things and wants to do it right mm-hmm. and wants and can impact it at a bigger place. Right? And who knows, maybe I'll stay on. Right? It just has to a lot of things has to work out, but right now my total focus is each kid that's utilizing it, how do we help them? Mm-hmm. How do we help them? How do we make sure that parents feel secure, that their kids have something in the school? That schools that are undermined and understaffed, that can't hire staff feels like, man, each of our freshmen that come in, they have some type of support, that before it gets to us, is triage, and they can feel like, all right, I don't need to go there, I might have it. Or, okay, now if it's escalated, they can you know easily connect. So those are the things that every day I wake up, I think about.
0: Beautiful. Well, uh, first of all, where can people find your your socials, anything the zone related? um, Plug it away so that they can.
1: Right. Right. Um, My social is at Ivan, um, I-V-A-N, Chachuo, T-C-H-A, T-C-H-O-U-W-O on Instagram. Same thing on Twitter. Um, The zone is at I T S T H E. Z O N E at it's the zone on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So, yeah, you know, check us out. Um, support, show love. How can
0: how can people support these days?
1: I think the best way you can do is 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 share the information that we post. We post very targeted information to help people. That's not even in the app. Mm-hmm. You know, learn how to get access to care. Learn what care is. Learn what they're potentially going through. Give tips. You know, so we definitely sharing and and following definitely could help us go a long way as we as a society plan to attack the stigma right because you never know what your friends may be going through so yeah
0: ivan it was uh really a pleasure to have you on my show um you know the work you're doing is uh is fantastic and, and honestly very inspiring um to me and and i'm sure a lot of the people listening out there uh to know that there are great people like yourself and eric and everybody that works at the zone um you know trying to put together those resources, and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, help people and kind of make the world a better place. So uh, I thank you for that, and uh, I'm excited to see all that you're going to do on a personal level, what The Zone will become, and uh, if there's anything I can ever do, you always let me know, but um, thank you.
1: Oh, man, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Love the platform, man. Thank you. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Perfect.